Hi everybody, this is Create English with Gabor Legradi on Ripollet Radio. It's 2015, we are in a new year, so well, I hope you had a good start of the year and that it's going to continue for you the same good way. As always, I've prepared different kinds of exercises for you uh, for today and for different levels. So we've got stuff for, you know, pre-intermediate, we've got things for higher, like upper-intermediate levels, and even for beginners. We're going to start with grammar, talking about short answers in English. Then we are going to listen to some parts of an interview I made in October and make some comments about vocabulary and grammar. Then the student is going to read out part of a tale uh, for us and we're going to work on pronunciation. In our kids' block, uh, we're going to work on a song with children from a local elementary school. And we're going to finish with a listening comprehension exercise. Hope you like it! Okay, here we are, here we are. Uh, let's get down to the grammar first. And, uh, well, today I'd like to point out um, the importance of uh, short answers and using the auxiliary verbs in short answers. Uh, what does this mean in practice? Uh, when you are asked a question, for example, someone asks you, you know, uh, do you like coffee? Uh, or, you know, um, or do you want to play football? Or... Do you think this is an interesting film? Or similar? Well, then you know the English way to answer is usually with the auxiliary. The many times I hear that students respond using the same verb, and this is not uh, really the way to do it in English. Let me give you examples here. Do you like coffee? And students usually say, yes, I like. Now, the right way would be, yes, I do. Because the question is, do you like? Do you like coffee? Other examples. Does she live in London? Yes, she does. And not, yes, she lives. Or, does she have cats? The correct form would be, yes, she does. Uh, yes, she have would be wrong. Or, yes, she has would also be wrong. Um, what else? Let's try this in the past. Uh, did you go to the cinema? Yes, we did. Not, yes, we went. Or, you know, uh, similarly, did you like the film? Yes, we did. Or, no, we didn't, if not. But not, yes, we liked. Okay, this this would not be correct. Uh, okay, well, just, uh, just try and make sure that you listen out for the question, because the question has the, the auxiliary verb in it, which you should use uh, in the answer. So if you ask, for example, you know, do you like music? Uh, yes, I do, would be the right answer. Hmm? Of course, you can always answer with a simple yes or no. Like, you know, do you like coffee? Yes or no. But remember that if you just say yes or no, uh, you may sound impolite depending on your intonation. So it's just best to keep the full short form. Like, yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, we do. Yes, she does, etc. <laughs> English, create English to 
The next part may be easier to understand for upper-intermediate level students. Everybody is welcome to listen to it, it's just I'm going to speak faster than I would to elementary level students. Next up, uh, we're going to listen to parts of an interview that I made with a young man who works on a cruise ship in a casino. And I would like to make some comments about the English he uses with some concrete examples. Because these ships actually were built crossing the Atlantic Ocean between England and the New World. Well, okay, so Bolage is the interviewee and uh, what he says is that these ships were actually built Actually means, in fact, de hecho. Okay, so he uses this in the, in the correct way. Uh, don't be confused. It doesn't mean now. It doesn't mean today. It doesn't mean currently. It doesn't mean actualmente. No, it means de hecho. And he uses the expression because he wants to give a, a more precise uh, description or he wants to make his point in a clearer way. Let's just listen again because these ships actually were built crossing the Atlantic Ocean between England and the New World. Okay, uh, he says the New World, uh, but it sounds like the New World. So just uh, make sure when, whenever you use this, the word world, mundo, or word, palabra, uh, the first one is all, world. The second one is erd, word. There's no l in it, okay? But in this case, he means el mundo, the world. Well, on the recording, it sounds a bit like word, but he actually means world, mundo. Between England and the new world. Let's move on. Listen to what he says in the next clip. It was a secondary school uh, choir and... Uh... Yes, choir, correct. Uh, Bolas says choir, which means coro or coral. So be careful, it's not choir or coir or whatever. The pronunciation is choir. Great. It was a secondary school uh, choir and... Uh... Fine, listen to the next clip. He doesn't use the correct preposition for the verb arrive. The first time I arrived to Palma de Mallorca, it was in 2000, May. Yes, he says arrived too. Now, this is a common mistake uh, for Spanish speakers too. Um, remember, it's arrive in or arrived at, but not arrived to. The first time I arrived to Palma de Mallorca, it was in 2000, May. Um, okay, a great expression is coming up. He says, you can get to know each other. Get to know each other. And uh, you can get to know each other. You can have a drink or two. Yeah, this is a good one. Get to know somebody, get to know each other, means uh, conocerse. And uh, you can get to know each other, you can have a drink or two. Another good expression Bolas uses here is, you can have a drink. Tomar algo para beber. To have a drink. And uh, you can get to know each other, you can have a drink or two. Okay, um, so he works on a ship and the ship stops uh, you know, in different places on the way and then he can visit his friends who live in those places, on, in those cities. And uh, the way he... And the expression he uses is a good one. He says, you can meet them up. You can meet your friends up. Where your ship docks, there is always a possibility to meet them up. Mm, to meet somebody up means to meet them 
because you haven't seen them for a while and you want to have a drink with them and chat for a while. Various ship docks, there is always a possibility to meet them up. This is Create English on Ripollet Radio and we're listening to some bits from an interview that I made earlier with the Hungarian man who works on a ship. If you want to listen to the whole interview, you will need to go back to the October edition of Create English and you can find it there. Let's move on. Uh, the use of do to emphasize, to make your point. A good example is coming up. Listen. Yes, I do have favorite places. Okay, Bolas says, I do have favorite places. He could just say, I have favorite places. But he says, I do have favorite places because he wants to emphasize that he really does have favorite places. Yes, I do have favorite places. Okay, another example could be, I do think she wants to help you. You could just say, I think she wants to help you. But uh, if you say, I do think she wants to help you, you give more emphasis to it and you just uh, make it clear that uh, you are sure, uh, there is no doubt on your side that she wants to help. Let's continue listening. Like very basic stuff, you know, like how to greet somebody. Here Balaj is talking about uh, what uh, expressions he can learn on the ship from uh, other people who speak other languages. And he says, uh, you can learn basic stuff. Now, basic stuff means basic things. Cosas básicas. Es una expresión coloquial. Like very basic stuff, you know, like how to greet somebody. We are continuing with a reading exercise. This uh, is going to be for like pre-intermediate, intermediate level students. We are going to read um, a tale that we actually did in the past. Uh, it's Bernard Horse, but the text is changed. It's adapted, and uh, I'm going to work on the text with a student, Nuria, uh, and this is coming up now. So what you can learn from this part is uh, is some reading practice, pronunciation practice, and also how to put yourself into into a role and how to interpret written text. Okay, so we've come to the uh, reading part of the program, and here with me is uh, Nuria, who is going to be... Uh, doing some reading practice with me. Hi, Nuria. How are you doing? Hi. Hello. <laughs> fine. Thanks. You're fine? Okay. So, thanks for coming and thanks for, uh, you know, uh, volunteering for this exercise. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to read uh, the story of B Bernard Horse again. And uh, we've changed some things in the text, simplified, etc. Uh, and Nuria is going to read and I'm going to listen. And at some point, I'm just going to say, stop, please, repeat this, repeat that, do it differently, okay. etc. Okay? Okay. So you just take it easy and you start reading. Mm -hmm. yeah? and, uh, and I'll just make my comments. Perfect. Okay? Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. 
So. This is the story of a poor good man called Josep, who lived in a small Catalan village near a mountain named Montserrat. Okay, wait, wait a second. Um, we have to set the tone. And this is a tale. Okay. This is the story of a poor good man called Josep, who lived in a small Catalan village near a mountain named Montserrat. He walked in the forest every day, where he collected firewood. When he filled his wood cart, he walked back to the village to sell the wood from door to door. Okay, you see, you were like telling the story, especially at the sec in the second half of the uh, of this passage. Some words, uh, woodman, woodman. Now this is a funny word because it's. Uh, you pronounced it like good, or with certain difficulty. And uh, can you say woman? Woman. Is that difficult? No. Okay. Now say the same word, woman, but say a d in the middle, like woodman. Woodman. Okay, that's the word. Yeah. Um, this is the story of a poor woodman who lived in a small Catalan village. Village. Yeah. Village. V. Village. It's e e village. Village. Yeah, and mountain. Mountain. No, mountain. Mountain. The first syllable is ow. Mountain. Ow. Mau. Mountain. Okay, that's okay. that was good. <laughs> mountain. Mountain. Named. Named. I think that was good. Can you do this again? This is a story. Of a poor woman. No, <laughs> not a woman. <laughs> a woodman. Woodman. The woman is just to. <laughs> the word wo woman is just to help you to pronounce the word woodman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, try again, please. This is a story of a poor woodman called Josep, who lived in a small Catalan village near a mountain named Montserrat. Better. Which words do you think were not perfect yet? Mountain. Okay, because it's mountain. Mountain. Now that's good. Mountain. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And instead of village, you said village, bill, but it's not b b b b b. Village. Yeah, the village. Village. Yes, very simple. E e village. Village. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So try one more time. Do one more time, and and then continue, please. This is a story of a poor woodman who lived in a Catalan village near a mountain named Montserrat. Okay. He walked in the forest every day where he collected firewood. When he filled his wood cart... Stop. Wood. Woman. Wood. Uh-huh. Wood cart. Wood cart. He walked back to the village... Where? Village. 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 Yes. To sell the wood from door to door. Yeah, you're making an effort, but it works. I mean, you're practicing reading. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, we're not professional storytellers here, but we're learning and you're doing very well. So, um, let's just go back at the, uh, to, the, to this point here. He worked... Yeah, because I, I wasn't sure if you said he worked or he walked. 
He walked. Yeah, but it sounds like he walked, like went mm, on foot. Mm -hmm. What you want to say is he worked. He worked. Yeah, maybe you want to mark the r a bit more, like worked. Worked. Yeah, and then it's very clear that mm -hmm. it's not walked, mm -hmm. but worked. Worked. Mm -hmm. So he worked in the forest every day. Where he collected. Oh yeah, <laughs> you do, you not me. <laughs> he worked. He worked. Uh huh. In the forest every day, where he collected firewood. Mm -hmm. When he filled his wood cart, he walked back to the village to sell the wood from door to door. So up to the wood cart. Wood cart. Yeah, that was good. And then he walked back. Now what you need to say here is walk. Now here he goes on foot. He walked back. Yeah, walked. Walked. And don't say the l, no l in the word. He walked. He walked. Ah, that's it. Mm-hmm. He walked back to the village. To the village. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. He walked back to the village. Uh huh. To sell the wood from door to door. Okay, we're done with the first paragraph. <laughs> This is Create English, and we're doing a reading exercise here with the student. The story is Bernard Horse, and the objective of the exercise is to um, to help with the pronunciation and reading technique. Esto es Create English en Ripollet Radio. Seguimos con nuestro ejercicio de lectura. Uh, let's do the second one. From Giuseppe after lunch, usually went back to the forest, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Giuseppe after lunch, usually went back to the forest, chop more logs and walk back to the village with his cart full of firewood. Okay, what are we talking about here? Uh, went, that was good. And the chop, now what is chop? Chop is to cut. Cut. Things into small pieces, right? Mm -hmm. So, the past form of the verb is chopped. Chopped. Yeah, it ends in a t, t sound. Chopped. Chopped. And it must sound. It's important that you, you pronounce it. And walked. Walked. That ends in a t also. Walked. So, can you, can you do it again, please? Mm -hmm. Giuseppe, okay. after lunch. Giuseppe, after lunch, usually went back to the forest chopped more logs and walked back to the village with his car full of firewood. Yes, with his car. Did he have a car? Cart. His cart. He didn't have a car because he lived in the Middle Ages, I think. So no cars, but carts, yes. With his cart full of firewood. I think this is... Well, I can, I can hear a big difference. This is very good. Um, do it again, please. From Giuseppe and then continue. Giuseppe, after lunch, usually went back to the forest, chopped more logs and walked back to the village with his cart full of firewood. Great. Okay, continue. What, one day... One day, as he was chopping wood in the forest, he got really tired. He stopped walking, sat down on a log and thought... Okay. 
Uh, same things coming back here. Chopping wood. Not good. Wood. Yeah. In the first, he got really tired. That was good. And he stopped working. Just remember the were. 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 He Be stopped walking. No, it sounds like he stopped walking. Mm -hmm. But he didn't stop walking. He stopped working. He stopped working. Better. Yeah, just mark the r a bit more. Working. Working. He has stopped working. He has stopped working. Okay, yeah. Sat down on a log. Sat down on a log. And thought. And thought. Oof, I'm tired. Every day the same thing. Chopping wood. Chopping wood. Chopping wood. Loading the cart, pulling it to the village, selling the wood from door to door. Uh, no, it's getting a lot better. You can just say, bah. Bah. And pause there, pause. Bah. If only I had a horse to carry all this wood for me. Or, you know, something, something like that. I mean, you're going to do it, but slow down and say the words, you know, Feeling the meaning of each word. Oof, I'm tired. Every day, the same thing. Chopping wood, loading the cart, pulling it to the village, selling the wood from door to door. Oh, if only I had a horse to carry all this wood for me. Hey, this was fantastic. You've done it. Great. Okay, okay. Are you very tired? No, 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 no. no, no but no. you need, yeah, it's, but it's a tiring uh, <laughs> thing, no? Because you have to concentrate and... Yes, yes. Yeah, let's just take a quick look at the, the words, the difficult words we've had today. Uh, one, the first one was village, v. Village. That's it, okay. Mountain. Mountain. Very good. Then uh, worked. Worked. Uh -huh. And um, walked back. Walked back. Very good. And wood. Wood. Yeah, fine, fantastic. And what else did we have? Do you remember? Chopped. Yeah, chopped. Double P. Yeah, and no, and the cart. A cart, yes. Yeah, the cart, the wood yes, cart. Yes, of course. Loading. Yeah, loading to loading. load. Yeah. Loading the cart, and that's all I think. Yeah. Okay. So, great! Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so, see you next time. See you. And, uh, well, this is going to be fun for the listeners, I'm sure. Okay, see you. Bye-bye. Before we move on, um, I would like to answer the questions that I asked you uh, in the previous program about this story. 
um, about the third part of the story, which was the end of the story. So we're going to listen to the questions and I'm going to give you the answers. So, um, the first question would be, how did the horse change during the 10 years working for the woodman? So, how did the horse change during the 10 years working for the woodman? ¿Cómo cambió el caballo durante los 10 años que estaba trabajando para el leñador? Well, the answer would be that uh, he got older and weaker. Um, pues se hizo más viejo y, y más cansado. Second, what did the woodman do instead of finding a new horse to replace Bernard? ¿Qué hizo el leñador en lugar de buscar y encontrar un caballo para mm, sustituir Bernard? Well, the answer is that he was just putting it off. He didn't want to deal with it. Uh, uh, until the day came when, you know, the night returned. So, estaba solo, bueno, posponiendo, posponiendo, y no, no hizo nada. Hasta que un día, pues el caballero volvió. Question number three. What did the knight tell the woodman to do when he returned after ten years? Cuando el caballero volvió, después de diez años, ¿qué le dijo al leñador? Well, he told him, bring the horse out. Le dijo, tráeme el caballo. Question number four. Was the knight surprised when he saw Bernard? ¿Estaba el caballero sorprendido cuando volvió a ver Bernard? Well, not really. Uh, he knew that the woodman would not keep his promise, yeah? So he was... He'd been waiting for this moment, really. Pues no, no estaba muy sorprendido. Ya sabía que el leñador, pues no... No cumpliría su promesa. Question number five. What did the woodman do when the knight pulled off his mask? ¿Qué hizo el leñador cuando el caballero se quitó la máscara? Well, he got really afraid and uh, he tried to give an explanation. Pues se asustó mucho y intentaba explicarse, explicar la situación. Next question. What happened when the horse ran away to the mountain? ¿Qué pasó cuando el caballo se fue corriendo a la montaña? Well, uh, it was converted into a stone, into a rock. Pues el caballo se convirtió en una roca. And two more questions. One is, how was the woodman saved? ¿Cómo se salvó el leñador? Well, he was saved because the devil realized that he'd been defeated. And then he cursed the rock. Uh, he could have taken the horse in the form of a rock, home, or any of the rocks. But he decided to leave. Um, pues se salvó porque el diablo se dio cuenta que había sido vencido. Hubiera podido llevarse mmm, cualquiera de las rocas que ya eran iguales que su caballo convertido en una roca, pero decidió marcharse y hechizó la roca. And the last question is, what is the end of the story? What is this legendary thing about Bernard Rock? Why is it special? So, um, ¿por qué es esta roca especial? ¿O cuál es esa cosa, mm, esa leyenda? Well, the legend and the tradition is that uh, the rock was cursed and uh, from that moment on, any man who climbed the rock would be converted into a woman by the time he got down on the ground. And any woman 
who climbed it uh, would be converted into a man. So, uh, supposedly, climbers climb the rock twice uh, in order to undo the devil's curse. Pues la leyenda es que si un hombre subía y bajaba, pues de vuelta ya sería una mujer. Y al revés, lo mismo si, si una mujer subía, volviendo de la roca, se convertiría en un hombre. Y se supone que para deshacer este hechizo hay que escalar la roca dos veces. Okay, here we are with Create English, and it's our kids' block coming up. We have worked on a song, and we'd like to show it to you. Bueno, estamos aquí con el programa Create English and Ripollet Radio para enseñaros cómo hemos trabajado una canción para nivel elementary. He escrito esta canción para practicar el verbo to be y también unas cosas de cómo conectar palabras y un poco de entonación y musicalidad. The participants are kids from an elementary school in Ripollet called Pinetons. Joan Frances, Ari, Judith, Carla Virac y Hugo. So great, and let's get down to it. I hope you'll enjoy the song and learn from it. Molbe, vamos a ver, ¿qué podemos aprender de esta canción o con esta canción? Pues podemos aprender cómo conectar palabras para tener más fluidez en cantar y también al mismo tiempo a la hora de hablar. Okay, so let's just uh, see what can we learn from this song and with this song. We can learn how to connect certain words into bigger parts and have more fluency when we speak. Okay, so this is what we would like to show you with the following exercises. So listen and learn with us. What we are going to do first is look at the key words in the different verses of the song. Primero vamos a repasar unas palabras claves que tenemos en la canción para después poder cantarlas bien. Let's see how we did it with these young singers. Yes, well, students had a bit of a difficulty here pronouncing the word apple. What they first say is apple, and then sort of apple. But here what you've got to do is 
the other way around. Instead of saying a e, you should try a e, apple. And they did it very well at the end. Vale, entonces eh, en lugar de decir apple o apple, debería ser algo como apple, apple, pull, pull, apple. Seguimos. Next thing we did was to, uh, well, to see how we can link the verb to be uh, with, the, um, with the nouns. That means apple is, apple is, apple is, an apple is, an apple is. And similarly, with the rest of the words. Well, then we felt we were ready to sing the first verse. Bueno, entonces ya pensamos que estamos listos para cantar la primera estrofa. Primero solo con la guitarra. Congratulations! We must remember that these children are beginners in English. And the way they sang the first verse is really good. With some more practice, they can just uh, change the apple to apple and the oval to oval. That takes a little time, but in general they were really good. So, great! Debemos comentar que estos niños tienen un nivel básico en inglés y, pues, lo han hecho muy bien. Eh, pues quedan dos palabras que son apple y oval, que para cambiarlas, bueno, a lo mejor toma un poco de tiempo, pero en general, bien hecho. Yeah, we continued with the second verse. Continuamos con la segunda estrofa. Well, as you would expect, this last line was more complicated for the children. Don't drink it too hot. You really have to be 
on beat, you know, and the words are short and choppy. So we slowed down and practiced this separately, and then it worked out. Sí, pues como podemos ver, esta última línea de la segunda estrofa resultó más difícil para los niños, porque las palabras son muy cortas y hay que, hay que cantarlas eh, muy rítmicamente. Pero pues eh, lo hicimos un poco más lento, practicamos y al final salió muy bien. Okay, so before we finish, uh, well, what we did was uh, the children wanted to move about a bit and dance and sing. So we did that first and, and then we played the background music and they sang over. Y para acabar la sesión lo que hicimos fue primero cantar un poco más libremente después de tantos ejercicios. Y esto que podemos escuchar ahora. Y después oiremos ya eh, la, la canción pues hecha, la primera estrofa con la pista de audio. Well, thank you kids for your participation and I hope you've enjoyed uh, doing this song and all the best. Thank you. First the girls starting one by one, and then the boys joining in. Now same thing, but in a different order. And now the gentlemen first, and then the ladies. Let's move on. This has been fun. We've done this song and uh, we're going to continue with uh, the kids' block. So, yes, this is for elementary level students or beginners. I'm supposed to speak slower and that's what I'm going to do. Continuamos con ejercicios de nivel básico. We're going to hear a description of a room and I'm going to give you some statements and you will have to decide if they are true or false. Vamos a escuchar una descripción de una habitación. 
y os haré algunas afirmaciones y tendréis que decidir si son correctos o no. So, here come the statements first. The first one. Laura's room is big. True or false? La habitación de Laura es grande. Correcto o no? Second. The window is opposite the door. La ventana está enfrente de la puerta. Sí o no? Third. The bookcase is next to the bed. El librero está al lado de la cama. Sí o no? Four. The cabinet is next to the bookcase. El armario está al lado del librero. Five. The bed is between the door and the window. La cama está entre la puerta y la ventana. Sí o no? Six. The mirror is opposite the door. El espejo está enfrente de la puerta. Sí o no? Seven. The lamp is behind the table. La lámpara está detrás de la mesa. And eight. The toy box is under the bed. Eh, la caja de juguetes está debajo de la cama. Sí o no. And now let's listen to the room description. Y ahora vamos a escuchar la descripción de la habitación. Hi everyone. This is my room. I have a small room with a table, a chair, a bed, a lamp, a cabinet, a bookshelf, a bookcase and a mirror. The table is in front of the window. The lamp is beside the table. The window is opposite the door. The bed is next to the wall, between the door and the window. The bookshelf is above the bed. The cabinet is next to the bookcase. The mirror is behind the door. I like my room. It's nice and cozy. I also have a toy box. It's under the bed. Well, we've just listened to the room description that Laura gave us. Um, if you need to listen again, you can do it from the website of Ripollet Radio. You just go to the website, look for the program Create English, and you will see the list of all the programs that we've had so far. And this is our current February program. Um, so let's just see um, the true or false statements. The first one said, Laura's room is big. Well, this is not true because she says, uh, my room is nice and cozy. When something is cozy, it means, um, well, it's, it's, not a, it's not a big place, really. It's a very comfortable and warm um, and very welcoming place, but not a big one. Okay, the second one, the window is opposite the door. Well, okay, this is true. The window is opposite the door. Three, the bookcase is next to the bed. No, this is not true because the bookcase is next to the cabinet, not the bed. 4. The cabinet is next to the bookcase. Yes, this is true. The cabinet is next to the bookcase. 5. The bed is between the door and the window. Yes, this is correct. It is between the door and the window. 6. The mirror is opposite the door. No, it's not true, because the mirror is behind the door. 7. The lamp is behind the table. No, this is not true, because the lamp is beside the table, not behind it. Beside means al lado. 
And finally, the toy box is under the bed. Yes, this is true. The toy box is under the bed in Laura's room. And now let's listen to the description one more time. Hi everyone. This is my room. I have a small room with a table, a chair, a bed, a lamp, a cabinet, a bookshelf, a bookcase and a mirror. The table is in front of the window. The lamp is beside the table. The window is opposite the door. The bed is next to the wall, between the door and the window. The bookshelf is above the bed. The cabinet is next to the bookcase. The mirror is behind the door. I like my room. It's nice and cozy. I also have a toy box. It's under the bed. Well, it's time to say goodbye. We've come to the end of the program. Um, this has been Create English with Gabor Legradi. And, uh, well, I hope you've had a good time and you've learned some things about the English language. Well, if you like the program, you can always check back and listen to it again on Ripollet Radio. From the radio's website. Also, if you have comments or questions, you can write to createenglish at gmail.com and I will try and answer your questions on the program. Take care, all the best, and see you next time.